fashion emergency hotline. Help! My mom doesn't think I need to go back to school You have to go to school. It's the law. You didn't let me finish. She doesn't think I need to go back to school shopping. That should be a law. Go to Old Navy. You'll be voted best dress before school even starts. Old Navy? Yes. Right now, kids' clothes are up to 60% off. 60% off? Yeah. The hallway will be your runway. They have awesome graphic tees, colorful active gear, and jeans start at just $10. Now you're talking. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank Old Navy. Balance 728 to 92. Select styles only. SRN Survival Radio Network. Hi, this is Mark Parham, and I want to welcome you to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. News, interviews, and the information you need to start and grow your small business. Real talk with real people talking about issues facing small business in our community today. To listen to past shows, sign up to be a guest, or contact me, go to CatBuilderTalk.com or find me on Facebook under CatBuilderTalk. Enjoy the show. Hey, good evening. This is Mark Parham. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life. Helping you to walk in your purpose, starting at the new time of 7 p.m. I'm liking this new time. I can do more with it. We got some more changes coming. We're going to make some changes on the show tonight. I hope you enjoy it. Tonight's show, we're going to be focused on always giving you the information you need to make changes in your life because we feel that information is key. With the right information, you can make educated decisions. And tonight, we're going to talk about the business of the week, past and upcoming events. We're going to have Martin Pratt come talk about small business news. We're going to have Chris Evans. He's going to be talking about health and wellness, losing weight, and why a gym and trainer is important. Then I'm going to play a piece by Clark Garrison. He's going to be talking about doing a radio show and podcast and doing a great interview. And then later on, I know what you're all going to be waiting for, my guest interview with Tori Hicks. She's a founder and president of Youth Meet. We're going to be talking about getting your nonprofit funded. All right, and then later, if we have time, we can't build a minute. I'm going to be talking about how to reduce the busy work. So, starting out, the Survival Radio Network Business of the Week is Surge TV. Be sure to check out the independent film docuseries channel created by Clark Garrison in conjunction with Yupster Media and Art Entertainment Production Company. Surge will be airing on Amazon and Roku this fall. For more information on the programs, or if you're an indie director, the viable project, go to www.surgetelevision.com and let them know SRN sent you. Now, tonight's show, you know, starting a nonprofit is difficult, okay? And sometimes it's not difficult. But I tell you what, thousands are started each day, and the difficulty does come when you attempt to get your nonprofit funded. That's what we're going to discuss this evening. I got Tori Hicks here. She's the founder and president of Youth Meet, a nonprofit management company. She's going to be talking about some great events and some new news that she has coming up. She's going to talk about how she got into business, but it's going to be a great show with her. So I want you to stick around. She's going to be coming up in a little bit. And then we're going to have our Cat Builder news break. And I told you that Chris and Martin are going to be here and I'm going to play something from Clark. But I want to talk about last week's show. Last week's show, we did a show on why black art matters and investing in our culture. And I had Onaji Henderson here. He's a managing partner at Zucat Gallery. And we just talked about the importance of art. You know, every culture uses art. I mean, some cultures 
art tells their history and tells their story. So we really have to catch up and get in contact with what our art is. So he talked about how to purchase art and what he's in business doing. So if you haven't had an opportunity to go back, go to capbuildertalk.com, listen to that show, and stop by the Zukai Gallery to find out what is going on. We also on last week's show had some of the people that pitched a shark tank last week with their questions were and what you know how they did and all of them thought that they did pretty good i hope they heard from the shark tank this week so they can move on to the next level and the cat building marketing as i mentioned before new show new format we're going to be adding some of that tonight so uh i hope you enjoy it past events this past friday and saturday i was at the six-figure mastermind workshop two-day workshop hosted by felicia phillips and the entrepreneur network it was a fantastic event I spoke on Friday about digital branding and telling your story, but she really helped these these women understand how to grow their businesses. Coming events tomorrow night, I'll be at the Urban League uh, at Tuesday from 6 to 8. We're coming down the final weeks of our 12-week Develop Your Business Plan series tomorrow night. I'm going to be talking about how to really develop that plan. So if you haven't come to any other workshops and you are curious about writing a plan, you need to show up tomorrow. You can go to ulgatl.org and find out more about how to write that business plan. Because uh, without it, you can't get funded. There's a whole lot you can't do. So with that said, I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, we're going to do the Cat Builder News Break. Give you a little information to help you make it through the week and make it through the rest of your life. This is Mark Farham. Have to talk real talk with real people talking about real issues taking small business today. We'll be back in a moment. for jobs only to get turned down because of the economy or lack of a degree? What if you can qualify to work for those same Fortune 500 companies without worrying about a degree and work them from the comfort of your home? With JP Employment Services, LLC, enjoy the benefits of making your own hours, enjoy more free time, and earn a great salary. For details, call 678-835-7371. That's 678-835-7371. Or go to www.jpemployment.com. Must be able to pass a background check and certifications. Call JP Employment today. Hey, this is Mark and Welcome back to the Cap Miller Cap Radio Show. Welcome to the Cat Builder News Break. News on small business, health and wellness, and business development to help you stay connected. Tonight, we're going to start off this conversation with the one and only Martin Pratt. Martin, welcome to the show. Hey, Martin. Glad to have you. Very glad to be here. All right, man. You got a little tired, man. You got to get some energy in you. Yeah, and I. I didn't know if you could hear me or not. I was trying to make sure. Yeah, I, 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 I,
kind of news you got for us today, man? Well, it's it's been a crazy time from 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 Yahoo being bought and um, uh, uh, you know what we got happening with the election. It just seems like someone's of an unsure time, and I think one of the first things for small businesses is to shore shore up your team. Uh, we actually have on the Cap Builder uh, Facebook page that Comcast is offering a free webinar tomorrow from one to two p.m to teach small businesses how to build and grow and keep your team. So in such an unsure time, it's really difficult to figure out what's that that button you need to push to keep and hold on to good employees. So Comcast is offering a free webinar for that. You can go to Cat Builder uh, Network on Facebook, and the, the very first thing you see on our Facebook page is building and growing your team, and that's the uh, link to go for the free webinar tomorrow between 1 and 2 p.m. So you don't have to leave your office. You don't have to leave the store. You just go right to Cat Builder Network, Facebook, click on that link, and join right in on the free webinar. Also in news this week, um, we are looking at what Amazon has done. Amazon is now considered as overtaking Exxon. That's right, Exxon, the oil company. Amazon is now worth so it's not a valuation. It's actually, you know, what the company is actually worth, $367 billion. And why are we, why are we talking about this in small businesses? What, what's the, what, what's the, the allure of that? Well, the interesting thing is that just two years ago, Amazon was at a negative $427 or $37 million. That's negative, meaning loss. Four hundred thirty-seven million, not you know that that four hundred thirty-seven dollars, four hundred thirty-seven thousand, four hundred thirty-seven million dollars, and that was really because the CEO wanted to grow the company with the drones, with automation, and with creating distribution centers all around America that were at least ten miles away from each customer he had. So when you look at that, he bet big on that the customer will want to get the product within four hours. And actually, Amazon is competing against Uber these days with the thing they call Postmates, where the person delivers to your door. You order on Amazon. It says, we do have that in the stock. We can get it to you in four hours. And you don't pay extra for it. So he bet on that and that the customer would really want that. And of course, you know, as a customer who wants to Amazon usually has some of the cheapest prices. They also have some of the best reviews. You can tell whether or not, you know, this is this product don't really work or you don't want to deal with that vendor. And if it's a problem, you get to return it and get a full refund. So Amazon has a lot of great features already, but the features that really are kind of going to making him money is is the uh, the feature of, of being able to get the product to the person and not have to worry about you just seeing it on the web, but getting it to you within four hours. The first thing they rolled out was the locker service, and he did a partnership with 7-Elevens. And he would put a locker in 7-Elevens, and you could go there. A lot of people didn't want their Amazon packages to be on their doorstep or to be uh, left in their neighbors. You could leave it at Amazon Locker. So for small business, the lesson is sometimes you do have to bet big and be willing to take that loss for a future huge payday, but also 
um, Amazon know, knew its customers. They knew that the customers' needs were not just that we want to get a cheap price, but that we want it quick. And what's quicker right. than four hours? You can't get that that same great review if you go to Walmart or you go to Target. Um, and, in fact, Target actually has a really not great website. This site kind of crappy. When it comes to ordering from it, it's great to look at stuff. But from actual trying to order from from Target, and you'll find you'll run right back to Amazon. But also one of the other things that he he built into Amazon was that feature that allow you to get it not just the the product but the content. So the content of TV and books and everything with the Kindle meant a delivery right at that point. When the person wants it, they want to read it. They can press the button, and boom, it's right in their, in their hand. So when you think about partnerships, you may have a cake, a bakery, or you may be at home baking cakes. Think about a place that people go to a lot, whether it's a soul food restaurant or it might be you might be doing vegan cakes. It might be a vegetarian juice bar. Give them a couple of slices of your cake, and then put a great picture, I mean a great picture, like something shot with the iPad 4 or you know something that has a beautiful shot of your whole cake, and now you got that foot tracker of that place that people, they want this that piece of cake right there in front of their face, but they may want to order a whole cake and order your services right. to do more baking, especially if this is really good. Um, also wanted to talk about this new app that, uh, full disclosure, I'm one of the app co-founders, and this app is, is just going to blow the market wide open for finding businesses while you're outside you want to find a business and you're looking for it to buy black well our app which is blackbird mobile you can go into the uh, google store or you can go into the iphone store and just type in blackbird mobile and you will find this app now one of the, the first features of the app is that you can find things via hashtags so let's say you're looking, I don't know, for black stylists or black barbershops, and you type that in our app. The app, you don't have to sign in to Twitter. Next, this month coming, because I forget this is August, our next update will also cover Instagram. Right now it covers Google and Twitter, but in a few weeks we're going to release a new update that will cover Instagram. The hashtag in. The app notifies you when something new happens with that hashtag. In addition to that, it gives you all the local black news for whatever city you say you when you sign up with the app. And it will help you find black businesses. So there's three parts of this, which is covering hashtags, also covering black businesses, and black news. And that's Blackbird Mobile. Um, it looks like we're, you know, entering, getting ready to enter that fourth quarter. And small businesses really need to start thinking about, I consider this my small business tip of the tip of the week, really right. need to start thinking about Christmas time. And so this is perfect time to start thinking about the holidays. What are you going to sell? How are you going to get it to people? Do you have a list of customers you've built up over this year that you can remind them, hey, this is our holiday gift list. This is what we suggest you buy. It's recommended. Recommended. And you also want to think about, as a as a small business, really creating that Christmas list that you send out happy holidays to. 
a lot of people don't do that to their customers anymore. Right, and right. it helps build a track record with a customer who's happy to open your email because they know that you care about them. When they see your email address, they're like, oh, oh. another sale. This guy wants me to spend more money with me. Oh, he just sent me a happy holiday. Yeah, that's right. yeah. cool. He sent me a yeah. happy holiday. And, yeah. and take a good picture of you and your staff. You know, do a great selfie of you and your staff. So people, when they come into the store, they can look for that person they saw in a picture. But in general, it, indin- it endears you to the customer. So start thinking about the holiday shopping, holiday gifts, holiday list of recommended items you want to sell. So tell me, how can people catch up to you, Martin, man? Well, they can go to um, to the Cat Builder Network Facebook page. Uh, I'm right there on that Facebook page uh, every day, all day. You can also email me at iloveblackwomen at email.com. And, of course, you can download the app Blackbird Mobile on uh, Google Play and also iPhone. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming out. Like the information. I'm going to go download that app and hashtag Smart Car Hand to see what comes up. How about that? Account Builder Network. <laughs> All right. We'll do that. All right. Okay. All right, man. Thanks a lot. No problem. Next up this evening, we have uh, Chris Evans from Optimum Body Care. Chris happens to be my personal trainer. I'm going to have him on. Chris is going to be talking about health and wellness, weight loss, and why I used to work out at the gym and use a trainer. Chris, welcome to the show, man. How you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Doing good, man. Can, uh, okay. can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, man. I had the little pause up for you. But, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Chris. You got some information you're giving out tonight on uh, you know, health and wellness. What were the things you, you were talking about? Losing weight and, you know, training and things like that. So let's hear what you have to say this evening. Well, you know, I wanted to talk about, like, uh, people going out and getting gym memberships. You know, most of the time you sit down and you look at your TV and they tell you, well, you can do this workout at home, you can do that workout at home, just go ahead and order here and, and buy this, this or that. And pretty much you're, you'll buy the product and it'll just sit home and you won't actually get any benefit from it at all. And traditionally, people who work out at home, they have like a strong, you know, they that's that's what they do. I mean, they have a strong, a strong, um, <clears throat> have a, a, a strong sense of what they want to do already. But other people who are just like sitting at home, they have like a elliptical or or something like that at home. They'll just put their clothes on it. So it's it's, it's being at home is more like feeling like you're at rest. When you're at a gym, it's more like feeling like you're ready to come here to work. So that's why for the ones that can't work out at home, that just buy the equipment and let it sit at home, the gym is the perfect opportunity to come and get yourself into a better, better, you know, better stance in your life. Because the most important, the most important, most valuable piece of commodity that you got in this entire world is your body. And so you have to take care of it. And a lot of people, they'll, they'll neglect it. You'll eat good. You'll do this and you do that with your body, but you won't really take care of it. And that's like a, a huge problem in our community, the black community. And so buying a gym membership is very beneficial to keep your body strong and keep your mind strong as well. And the other thing is like having a personal trainer, because if you can come come to the gym and actually join in on the classes, that's great. 
But if you find yourself buying a gym membership and you're not really get, being consistent with your workouts, then it's highly important that you come in and get a trainer. I don't really care if you get a trainer one time a week, uh, two times a week, or, you know, you, you just see a trainer every two weeks. But having a trainer will actually show you how to use the equipment, how to formulate a workout so that you can come in and be effective. Because even even now I'll see people come into the gym, they'll do like 20 minutes of cardio, and then they'll just go and uh, leave the gym. Well, <clears throat> when you're doing cardio, the first 20 minutes of cardio, your body's burned carbs, and carbs are like the fuel of fuel for the body. So you want to make sure that after the 20 minutes, your body goes into a fat-burning zone, and so you want to make sure that you're actually burning fat and not just burning carbs, and you want to come in and get have an effective workout. And having a trainer that will actually give you the, the education that you need to come in and have an effective workout every time you come into the gym, because just coming to the gym and saying you came to the gym or having a key card isn't the same as, like, saving your life and making sure that you're healthy. So after the first 20 minutes of um, doing cardio, cardio, your body actually burns carbs, and then it goes into a fat-burning zone for the next 40 minutes. The other thing, weight training, actually lifting weights. If you would come in and work out three times a week, your body would burn calories 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Most people, they come into the gym, they lift weights for about 10 minutes, and, you know, they're, they're done, and then sometimes their form is off. The thing about having a trainer is your muscles wrap around your skeletal and it holds a form. So you always want to make sure you have proper form when you're working out. And all of these things are essential and they're important in working out because you want to not only feel good, you want to look good as well. You don't just want to come in and just work out however, you know, and uh, mess around and have an injury because that's when injuries happen when, you don't, when you're not properly trained or you don't know exactly how to use a machine or something like that. So you have anything for us, Mark? I tell you, you no, I tell you what, you've been keeping me looking, you know. Okay. You know, Sunday night you text me talking about what, what are we going to do this week, you know. So it actually yeah, keeps yeah, me honest, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, so, no, I've enjoyed it. And uh, so how do people catch up to you, Chris? Say again? If they wanted to. How do people catch up to you if they wanted to have you train them? Now, you only train at the gym. You do personal training where you, you'll meet them at their place too, right? Right. See, I well, I own the personal training company, and so all the trainers work for okay. me. But basically when someone comes into the gym and they sign up for the gym, they should be given a consult. And the consult is basically over your health history because we want to make sure that you're not doing things that are going to be harmful to you while you're working out. Then we give you a full body workout, and we write down the name of the, the machines, the reps, the rest, repetition, so you have guidelines to go by. Another thing, once you get the guidelines about how to work out, the thing about working out, routine is such a bad word, because if you come and you work out and you do the same routine every time, it's not beneficial for your body, because once the body figure out what's going on, it will reserve its calories. It doesn't want to burn as many calories. So if you're just like, and so 
coming into the gym doing the same thing every time is just like going to work. And even if you have a strenuous job, you'll notice that your job gets easier as time goes along because the body says, I know exactly what's going on. And so it reserves its calories. It doesn't want to burn as many calories. But as soon as you do something different, like if you go in and walk on the treadmill every day and then all of a sudden you start doing the elliptical, you notice, oh, man, I'm out of shape. This is harder. Well, the body's gotten used to walking on the treadmill, and now it's not used to doing the elliptical. That's why intervals are also like one of the best ways to burn calories because your body can't figure out what's going on, and so it's burning calories to try to figure out what's going on. It's, and they, they call it, they, they named it uh, cardio confusion, and the same thing with weight training is muscle confusion. And we didn't even touch diet yet. I mean, eating clean is like the, you know, that's like the best and the easiest way to lose any type of weight that you want to lose anyway because what you put in your body, it'll show. And making sure you reserve the amount of calories that you're taking in every day and the proper way to eat is, like, highly important. You know, naturally, we are we are vegetarians. That's why our intestines is 11 foot long. And if you look at a meat eater, his intestines is, is about three to four inches long because it goes in and goes right out. Our intestines are built to take in all of the nutrients from the food and and meat isn't one. Now we just decided to become meat eaters, but our intestines, you know, our body is, isn't made up to be meat eaters, but here we are. And I love a good steak, but... <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so tell me, man, how, how can people catch up if they want to get more information from you? Well, you can come come to our website, uh, Falcon Falcon Parkway Fitness at um, Falcon Parkway Fitness at Gmail dot com. Falcon Parkway Chris uh, Falcon Fitness at Gmail dot com, or our website is okay. Falcon Parkway Fitness dot com. All right, man. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, I was going to try to get to you tomorrow, but, man, I don't know if I can make it over there. But I'll give you a call later on tonight. We'll talk about it. <laughs> thank- I'll be waiting for you, Mark. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right. Appreciate it. My pleasure. That was Chris Evans with Outdoor and Body Care. He's been training me for the last couple of years and really have enjoyed what he's done. I never know what's going to happen when I walk in the gym, but it always works for me. I'm going to play one more segment here. This is Clark Garrison sent a segment in to me about doing a radio show and doing a great interview. I'm going to play that for you. Go to break, and when I come back, we'll be talking about how to get your nonprofit funded. This is Radio Rules, and what I do on Radio Rules is basically talk about fundamental principles and ideologies of online radio and, to a lesser extent, blogging. Uh, Some of the things do pertain to blogging, some do not, but really focusing on online radio, whether that's podcasts, uh, live online radio, no matter what platform, a lot of the topics that I'm covering or will be covering pertain to that. So a little bit about me. My name is Clark Garrison. I have been in radio now for almost seven years. Um, I did not go to journalist J school. Uh, I kind of happened into online radio as a new medium to talk about what I, at that particular time, wanted to talk about. So over the years, what I've seen grow, one, is the industry. Two, is the ability to use online radio as a platform that can expand your business product or service to to an, an unbountiful limit. So... The way you get there is through taking online uh, your role as a host 
uh, or to some extent radio personality to a very professional level. I think that is essential, is that you, if you're going to do this, man, I say do it right. So hopefully some of the tips that I've been giving over the last couple of weeks are resonating. I know uh, big shouts out to Joyce White. She was telling me she's been using a lot of the stuff. It's been working. Um, the things that I will go over are things that I use myself. So this is, I'm not reading anything out of a book. I'm not scrolling other people's articles and regurgitating that information. This is stuff that I've been using now for, like I said, well over seven years. Um, I, I'm also the uh, owner of Survival Radio Network, which is an online um, platform which highlights uh, just about anything that motivates, inspires, or educates listeners globally. Um, so I've got a bit of a knowledge base on what I'm talking about, so hopefully you guys will concur. All right, so what we're going to talk about today is how to have a proper interview, right? That's important. And that was Clark Garrison. If you want to hear more about that interview, go to survivalradionetwork.com. We're going to go to break real quick, and when I come back, I'm going to bring on Miss Tori Hicks. She's here to talk to us about getting that nonprofit funding. Yes, we start them. We have good intentions. We can't raise that money. She has some great ideas and great things going. Bring us to the Mount Farham. Can't build a talk. Real talk with real people from our real issues. job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Cap Builder Talk with your host, Mark E. Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. Hey, this is Mark Pryam, and I'm back. You know, setting the stage for this conversation tonight, you know, I looked at some stats. The National Center for Charitable Statistics says that there are 1.5 million nonprofit organizations registered in the U.S. This includes public charities, private foundations, and other types of nonprofits, including chambers of commerce, fraternal organizations, and civic leagues. You know, 64% of all donations are made by women. 72% 72% of all charitable contributions are made by individuals, followed by foundations. And for every 1,000 website visitors, a nonprofit raises $612. So there has been another way to do this. And I'm going to bring Ms. Tori Hicks. She's the founder and president of Youth Neek, a nonprofit management company. And she has some great information and some things that she's doing to help nonprofits raise money. So, Tori, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to have you because you, you're giving us some good information. you got some great stuff coming up. 
Uh, uh, so, sorry, take a few minutes and class, introduce yourself the to the audience. You know the class? All right. It, 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 I was going to play some Aretha Franklin for you, but uh, I couldn't get to it fast enough. But, uh, I was but filling the air. Go ahead and tell us who you are. Seat. Huh? You said what? I was filling the Erica Badu, the window seat. Okay, uh, I got some more answers for you there, too. So, uh, do your, uh, your, your elevator pitch. You know, tell us who you are, and then let's get into this conversation about nonprofits and fundraising. Sure. My name is Tori Hicks. I, um, I've worked in nonprofit for, quote, 17 years and um, doing just about every task that you can think of, wearing every hat that you can think of in the world of nonprofit. And I got to a point where I saw a lot of large nonprofits doing some really great things, and I saw some smaller nonprofits that had some really great missions, but they just didn't have the tools or the resources in order to fulfill their mission. And so in 2009, I stepped away from working for a nonprofit to start a nonprofit management company that could assist all nonprofits with thriving and getting what they need in order to be great and to meet the needs in their communities for their population. So that's that I read earlier about how many nonprofits are getting started. It just seems like that's a number that's increasing. Every everybody I coach, you know, they want to start a nonprofit. Everybody wants to start a nonprofit. Why is that? What do people think is the benefit of starting a nonprofit? I think that's a great uh question. I think that that's that is one that is continuously growing. And I think some people want to start nonprofits because they want to meet a need. Um, a lot of times it comes from personal experiences, um, and they want to give back to the community so that children or seniors or adults uh, do not have to endure what they experience. And then sometimes people want to start a nonprofit because they're not familiar with what a nonprofit is. And sometimes it's, their ideas are best for a social entrepreneur. So what we do is we really find out what's the purpose of starting a nonprofit so we can guide them in the direction that best meets their purpose and their goals. So, Reverend Craig, you know, I hear this term social entrepreneurship quite a bit now. Uh, Let's talk about what that is so people can understand what the difference is between that and a regular nonprofit. So a nonprofit, actually, the interesting part is businesses and nonprofits have more similarities than they do differences. The biggest difference between for and nonprofits is an allocation of funds. Everything that a nonprofit gets in terms of donations and funding has to go back into the operation of the organization. There's no profit that's made. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be profitable. That doesn't mean that you can't have a great salary, that you can't expand your organization. It's just no profit. Social entrepreneurship, you're still meeting a need in the community, but you've decided, hey, I want to grow this. I want this business. I want to make a profit. I want to own this organization. I want to be able to pass it on from one generation to the next, and it's owned by an individual. A nonprofit is not owned by anyone except the participants that they serve, and no, they can't own it. If a nonprofit founder leaves, that organization must still exist and fulfill its mission and serve the population that it said it would, and it's tax exemption form with the IRS. Wow. So everybody's trying to start them, you know, once they get into it, what is the first thing they realize that they didn't plan on having to do? 
I think with businesses and nonprofits, it's sometimes people have the idea that it's instant for nonprofits, that you're going to start a nonprofit and that you're going to immediately get funding, that you're going to immediately get support. And then they realize, you know what, (laughs) it's going to take some work. And that's why I said earlier that businesses and nonprofits are very similar. Nonprofits have Mm -hmm. to still structure themselves like businesses. They have to build a foundation. They have to build healthy relationships. They have to have an effective marketing strategy. They have to have a strategic plan, which is similar to a business plan, because those people that fund nonprofits, those companies and those grant funders, they're still looking for a return on their investment from nonprofit organizations. They're looking for the return being that they're partnering with a healthy organization that's going to help them be exposed as a corporation that also gives back. I think sometimes it's unrealistic to think that you'll immediately get funding for your organization. The work is still required. You know, when I I teach classes, I try to get people to realize that the customers of a nonprofit are your funders. Okay. Yeah. Those are the people you're trying to appeal to, that you market to, so they'll fund the work that you do. And the recipients of the work that you do are the participants of your programs. But a lot of times people seem to me spend more time trying to appeal to the participants who they mm. want to serve versus the funders who they need the money to provide the service from. So I try to get them to realize that they really need to you know, make themselves look fundable, okay, to these funders. That was good. Research the companies, you know, and make yourself look appealing. So, but it's still hard. I mean, these funders, like here in Atlanta, everybody wants to get funded by Coke, okay? So I'm sure Coca-Cola <laughs> probably get 3,000 submissions a day. So how do you cut through all that noise? Uh, how do you cut through that kind of noise? Everybody's going to Coca-Cola. Everybody's going to UPS. Everybody's going, you know, how do you as a small nonprofit even approach some of these bigger ones to get funded? I mean, that's a great question. Part of a lot of people come to me and they're like, we're a small nonprofit. We're doing some great things. But why is it that we can't get the funding that these larger organizations are getting? Well, part of the reason is because smaller or startup nonprofits, they're a risk. They're just getting started. So no one knows if their program is really effective or not. So I tell people at the beginning stages, you have to structure yourself like you're a big nonprofit. What do I mean? Quantitative and qualitative measurements. I know my clients get sick of me saying that. I can think of one right now that if was listening that would laugh at me. Quantitative measurements tell the story in numbers meaning that if you have an organization that's making an impact, grant funders, people that support you, they want to know, does it work? And the only way that you can show that it works is by the numbers. The difference between qualitative and quantitative is very simple. Qualitative is important as well. But if you had a nonprofit for an example that was focused on financial dignity and qualitative says, that one person will give their testimony and may say, you know what, I am now a home buyer as a result of this XYZ organization. That's great. We need those testimonies. Quantitative says that out of 100% or 100 participants, 
98 of them are now home buyers. Do you see the difference in how that okay. feels? Those are two different stories. Mm-hmm. So a lot of nonprofits that are just getting started are smaller. They've got to show those numbers. You've got to have some kind of evaluation tool in order to be able to tell your story and to be up there with some of those larger nonprofits that are doing those. In addition, you said it earlier, build the relationships with the funders. Don't just go to a funder when you need money. Start building the relationships. Go to their events. Let them see your face. Let them know that you're, you're, you're here. A lot of times organizations wait until they need a check, and then the urgency is noticeable. Network and get out there earlier mm-hmm. and start meeting funding funders and t- talk about your program early on instead of waiting until it's urgent. Yeah, I do. You know, a lot of times people that start nonprofits have good hearts and they have good missions. They want to see the homeless, but they really don't understand the you know the numbers side of things. So, what do they do about do they what kind of person do they need to hire to help them understand? the numbers and, you know, how to run it like a business. Because a lot of times, you know, they want to do things and they're very passionate about it, but they don't understand the business side. So what is, oh, they probably hire companies like yours, right? Hey, you, me. Yeah, <laughs> so what do they that's do? great. <laughs> Thank you for that plug. I think the first right. part is that, that board. I think traditionally a lot of boards okay. operate from direct service. That is not the role of a board. An organization needs a board to focus on policy and governance, especially for organizations that want to expand nationwide. You've got to have someone that creates a policy that's going to transfer from one state to the next, that's going to stick to the policy roles and implement them. What do you do if you need staff? Good question. You hire volunteers or you bring on volunteers and you recruit interns because if the board is doing direct service, they're not going to be able to do both their role ethically and do direct service. It's too much to ask of a board. So you've got to try to recruit interns. You've got to try to recruit volunteers so that you can get the additional help that you need. When you say direct service, you mean give me an example of direct service. Well, a lot of new founders for nonprofit organizations, they recruit board members, and then their role is we need you to tutor the participants, or we need you to plan this event, or we need you to do all of the things that typically staff would do. But board Mm -hmm. members, they're volunteers themselves, but their role is to focus on the health of the organization, the financial health of the organization, and create those policies that govern the organization. So if you start using them doing the direct service, eventually they burn out and it's just too much for them and they kind of go away or what happens? They go away. (laughs) A lot of them say, I'm good on this two years. (laughs) And they leave. Or they're just coming to start all over again. Right. And so it's important to understand the roles that a board plays and then evaluate within the organization what is needed. And a lot of times, you know, nonprofit founders, they come to us, they're like, you know, we want to build this community center next year. I'm not saying that you can't build that community center. (laughs) What I'm saying is let's evaluate the resources that you have, the human resources that you have, and let's take a look at what's realistic right now 
And sometimes you just need to start with one program, and that's okay because that's still working towards fulfilling your long-term vision. But I'm so realistic in terms of building structure and strategy. Those pieces are so very important at the beginning stages of nonprofits, and they should continue on as you grow. I think you're right because one of the things you just said, and it alludes to the fact that programs get funded, not nonprofits. Okay, so funders fund the programs; they don't fund the nonprofits. So sometimes people come to me, and I tell them, "If you have a great program, why don't you take it to a nonprofit that's already in existence and see if they'll yeah. run your program, so you can get the metrics you need to step out on your own." Okay. Yeah. But they're like, "No, nah, this is my baby. They're gonna steal my idea." Da, 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 you know, you hear, you hear a lot of that. So, um, but there's so, legal one ramifications that can protect you. Mm-hmm. They are? What, what can they do to protect themselves? What, copyright the materials or trademark? Or? Disclosure. I mean, you can do disclosure agreements, okay. copyrights. You can do a number of things. And sometimes, I, I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's okay to get a sponsor or someone to cover your program. That gives you an opportunity to build and to place the program mm-hmm. in a healthy organization to get to where you go. And no one wants to take away anyone's idea. But if you're really passionate mm-hmm. about meeting the needs of that population, you'll do what's required and what's best in order to to meet those needs. Now, one more question about boards, and we can move on to what Unique is doing. Some people bring uh, board members on to raise money. So is that really a role that a board member plays? Or uh, let's talk about that for just for a second. Ethically, the board is responsible for the financial health of the organization. The role of the board is more policy. So they're developing the policy or the strategy. And then what they do is once it's created, they pass it on to the executive director or they should be passing it on to the executive director or the staff or the volunteers or the interns to implement it. And that's how things keep rolling. Now, there is nothing wrong with having a board engage in fundraising if it's necessary, but their role is more from a strategy standpoint. Board, when, when an organization is looking for board members, they should be looking for someone that has strong analytical skills, some policy, de- um, policy development skills, um, someone that's good at strategic planning. That's so important. Someone that can look beyond where we are, to look where we're going, and then to keep everyone on task of that. That is really their role. Okay. All right, well, then let's get into the great things that Unique has going. you know, you got some very interesting uh, events coming up. But let's talk about what Unique, Unique does and what you got going. Sure. Well, we're coming up on our seven-year anniversary, um, and I couldn't imagine celebrating our anniversary without providing an opportunity for nonprofits to thrive. So on August 13th at uh, 12 p.m., at 595 North, we will be hosting a live pilot recording of a fun nonprofit fun tank for nonprofits. We have partnered with the National Sales Network Atlanta chapter to bring funders who are prepared to fund nonprofits with a minimum of $3,000, those nonprofits who are fit for the pitch. And so this is real. It is an opportunity for a nonprofit to come and bring it to talk about their marketing strategy, to talk about why their nonprofit is so needed, 
to talk about their programs and how they will measure their nonprofit organization. Those funders will be listening, making suggestions, and then at the end of that, be prepared to write a check. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> These nonprofits need to come and learn how to tell their story. Yes. It's, so they it's important. It's important that they show the return on the investment for the funder. It's important that they structure themselves, as I said before, as a business in some aspects. So these funders are ready. Um, the application fee is only $25 to um, enter as a contestant. If they're not selected as a contestant, they still get to come and drink and have food and enjoying the celebration. So the $25 covers the application as well as the general admission to be a part of the event. And uh, she got me involved in doing some little work with some of the contestants, teaching them how to actually deliver that pitch. So that's my yes, present to you meet seven-year anniversary. <laughs> yes, right. Mark Parham will be in the building at 10 a.m. to be to help nonprofits who have been selected prepare for their pitch. So you do not want to miss this opportunity, uh, Mark. I am so grateful for you. Um, for this opportunity, and I am so looking forward to you being there. I do have a huge announcement, though, that I've got to share. All right. All right. One thing I wanted to leave with both nonprofits and businesses is just my little bit of wisdom is that when you get started, immediately start structuring yourself in terms of your policies and procedures your strategic or business plan, and Mark, you do an amazing job with business plans. A lot of times, both businesses and nonprofits, when they get started, they feel like, you know what, I need to wait for this big client, I need to wait for this big check, and then I'll get started. Well, if you wait, it's going to be too late when the opportunity comes. So structure yourselves immediately. When I say structure yourself, I mean Create your process, your paperwork, whatever is needed in order to provide someone that calls with everything they need in order to make a decision about whether they're going to be a part of your organization, receive the services, or fund it. When I started, I did not have the funding in order to pay staff. I knew I needed support because I knew I couldn't do it by myself, but I didn't have the money. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to colleges. I'm going to recruit interns that have an interest in what I'm doing. I'm going to sell it to them. I'm going to train them, and then they're going to work for me. And it worked. And one of my interns said, Tori, this is working so well. Why don't you offer this as a service to nonprofits? I said, you know what? That's why you're here. I said, that's a great idea. So I began to offer intern development to nonprofits in order for them to be able to carry out their mission, but it was twofold. So the interns received career-based, mastery-level experience, and the nonprofits will receive what they needed to fulfill their mission. Long story short, I've been working with Georgia State for some years now. That training program that I developed before the opportunity came about will now be offered at Georgia State at the Andrew Young School beginning January 2017. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for the students. Anyone that's interested in learning how their degree can apply to nonprofits 
can now sign up to be a part of our training. But here's the addition. We realize the importance of professional development. We realize the importance of mastery level experience on their resume. But we also realize that they need money. (laughs) They need resources. Mm -hmm. That's part of the challenge. Mm -hmm. The National Sales Network Atlanta chapter will now be offering the interns in this program, they can qualify for a scholarship. I'm done. Oh, that is outstanding. That's outstanding. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's really great. You have been on the grind the last few years, and I, I love following you on Facebook. <laughs> so tell us once again, how, where do they go to find out about the funding event on the 13th? They can go to youthneek.com, Y-O-U-T-H-N-I-Q-U-E.com, and click on Fun Tank, and they can apply right there online for the Fun Tank to be a contestant. The deadline to apply is next Monday. So make sure you get your application. This is the real deal. Funders are ready to fund. Everybody that applies gets a pitch, or are you going to select the people that actually get the pitch? I wish everyone could be a contestant, but they'll be selected. The the contestants for the actual day of the event are selected by the funders. They're going to review the applications and make a determination about it. Yes. All right. All right, Miss Joy, thanks for coming out tonight. I look forward to the 13th. I'll be there. Well, you, you, you didn't tell me what time I had to be there until you, you told everybody. I know I got to be there at 10 a.m. Oh. now. All right. Yeah, we need you there. That's all right. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much, then. Mark. So we'll talk before then, but I'm very proud of you. you know, Thank uh, you. Glad you're sticking to it and making things happen. So, uh, Thank you so I'll be much. I'll talking with you later on. All right. Okay, sounds good. Later. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Well, you heard a lot tonight. You heard health and wellness. You heard some news from Martin Pratt talking about Amazon. Four hours. You can order anything you want. You get it. Chris is talking about you got to get in the gym, you know, unless you're really disciplined of that home workout just ain't cutting it. You really got to go in the gym and let somebody work with you. Sometimes I really don't feel like it, but once I get there, he starts yelling and screaming at me, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm cranking it out. Sometimes you have to have somebody coach you. Same way in business. That's why I'm here for to help you in business, to help you coach you, show you different ways to get things done, all right? This is Mark Farham. You know, I really enjoyed the show tonight, you know. You know, some of the things I want to leave you with this evening, I want you to work on reducing your busy work as a small business owner. You know, that work that you're just doing uh, just every day just to keep busy. I want you to start paying attention to how you spend your time, okay? You don't need to keep keep track of it. You know, you're checking the emails. You know, people do it on the average 10 minutes an hour, okay? Some people are watching YouTube videos a half an hour per day. So you got to start figuring out what you're doing with your time, okay? I want you to also plan your time. When you wake up in the morning, plan what you're going to do with your day. Just don't let it come at you. Because you don't schedule your time, somebody else will be scheduling it for you. So look at how often you check your email, your administrative tasks, what you're watching on. And snacking, you know, this is one big one. Carry your snacks with you. I put almonds and things like that in my bag so that when I get a little hungry, I don't run down and get a Snickers bar or something like that because that takes me time away from my task. And, you know, once you stop working on something, sometimes it's tough to get back to. 
And one of the last things I want to talk about is meetings. Unless there's a set agenda, don't have a meeting. Don't just sit down to meet with somebody just to meet. Set the agenda, set the time, and anybody that tries to go over it or take your time, you need to let them go, all right? And one more thing I want you to learn how to, as Tori was talking about tonight, ask for help if you need it, okay? There are plenty of people out here that can help you, administrative assistance, virtual assistance, and once you do that, you're going to be able to go home and get some good rest because you need it to stay strong. So you've been listening to the Cat Miller Talk Radio Show this evening with Mark Parham, your host. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. You can go to catmillertalk.com and see some of the programs that I have. If you're interested in being coached in your business, you can go to catmillercoaching.com. I have a number of programs for your personal development, brand development. I can offer all kinds of services. You know, anything I can do to help you grow your business, help you create your media kits, help you tell your story better, well, that's what I can do for you. So, Cat Miller Talk, real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to let you go out with the rest of the show, a little Erica Badu, and I look forward to our next encounter. You have a great evening. for joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. We hope you enjoy the show. Look out in the street there. You know what you don't see? My car, because I had to sell it to pay the lawyer I hired when I got busted for drunk driving. You know what else you don't see? My girlfriend, who decided that a guy with no car and no license and no money was no fun. And hey, you know what else you don't see? You don't see me leaving for work in the morning, because I missed so much time with court and everything that I got fired. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.